all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Pee wee. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to Body of Christ Real Talk. Hola a todos. Bienvenidos a una verdadera charla sobre el cuerpo de Cristo. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to another episode of Body of Christ Real Talk. Body of Christ Real Talk. You ready to get into some straight out biblical real talk with topics concerning lifestyle, worldly events, biblical events, any type of topic that's on this show will be concluded with a biblical perspective and looked at through the lens of a believer, the believer being myself. Okay. All right. How you all doing today? Good morning, good mid-morning, good afternoon, good mid-afternoon, good evening, and good mid-evening. And to my night listeners, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Body of Christ Real Talk. How you all doing today? Uh, before I get started on the very powerful topic in the series I've been talking about, spiritual obesities, I want to make an announcement. Nothing bad. I just want to give you an update on my uh, my weight loss journey. You know, one of the four phases, you know, better myself, physical, spiritual, you know, financially and uh, mentally and stuff like that. This is going to be an update on my uh, physical lifestyle that I have endeavored in and uh, update on my weight loss. It's been a challenge, not in a bad way, because the diet that I'm on is a total all meat diet for the ones that did not know I'm on this diet it's an all meat diet uh, better known as the carnivore diet so I'm, I'm on this carnivore diet meaning meat eaters diet so uh, for the last 60 days too much 60 days uh, which was the 12th uh, yesterday from today uh, was my 60th day on this meat diet yay so you know and it's been going pretty good uh now, uh, my weigh-in was yesterday for my 60 days. In my weigh-in, I lost five more pounds. Now, if I really would have weighed myself in the beginning, I would have knew exactly how much I lost, but I'm going to a pinpoint stand. See, now, just say, I'm a big person. I'm a big guy. I'm, I'm very big-boned. And when I started this diet, I was somewhat around 260 on a five foot seven frame, 260 pounds on a five foot seven frame. 260 pounds is bad. It's kind of not good even on a person that's six feet. So just imagine on a person that's five foot seven. See, and according to statistics and data, the average weight uh, I don't know how much fat you can put on this, but the average weight for a person with a five at five foot seven is what around one fifty nine, about one fifty nine. So what did they tell you? <clears throat> I was at least a hundred pounds over my ideal weight, over my ideal weight, which is uh one fifty one fifty seven for a five foot seven inch frame male. Of course, it's smaller for a woman, for a female, but for a male, the average weight for a five foot seven male is five foot seven, according to the the uh, weight and data. But that can go either way. But that's just how they just do things when it comes to weight loss and data and st- not not but just talk about the the average weight that an average man should be at five foot seven inches. Uh, it's one fifty nine. 
I was at least around 260 when I started uh, this all-meat carnivore diet. So I weighed myself uh, the other day, and I weighed 241, which is still considerably heavy. So you can say I, I lost between, what, uh, what 18, 19 pounds in uh, 60 days, which is not bad, which is not 60 days, uh, which is not bad. So say, yay for me, <laughs> 19 pounds in 60 days, somewhat like that. But it depends on the scale, too. So I don't put a lot of stock on scales, but according to the scales and everything, because when I weigh myself, I make sure I'm pretty light in clothing because you'd be amazed what weight could be added and inches be added when you got shoes or whatever, something you got heavy on. So I make sure I'm ready for that. So uh, I, I lost at least about 18 to 19 pounds in 60 days, you know, on this diet. Okay. Now, I have a particular, I have a couple of goals. Now, what do I mean like that? What do I mean by that? I'm 241 now, so I lost about 18 pounds. I feel better. I feel a little lighter. Uh, I can see it in my neck and my uh, my face and even in my stomach because my pants is uh, going over my stomach now, and they're still somewhat falling down. So, that's that. Uh, you know, I usually go back uh, my clothing when I lose weight. Not so much the scale because scales can be very, very deceiving, you know. Scales can be very, very deceiving. Yeah, sorry, I have to pause. I was talking to my fiance, my princess, Nemofu. My princess, Nemofu. That's my baby. That's my princess. And I forgot what I left off at, but it had to do with uh, my, my weight loss, uh, my diet. Uh, excuse me if I don't remember. But this, basically, I lost five pounds five more pounds and everything like that. I'm walking more. The only time I get to walk more is basically uh, on a weekend, Saturday, maybe Sunday too, but mainly on Saturday because that's my only off day to my job uh, is uh, Saturdays, you know. So basically, that's when I try to get some walking in and stuff like that that help out, you know, cardiovascular, and I just do a little walking. You know, that's my cardiovascular exercise. I also have some barbells, uh, dumbbells, whatever you want to call them. When we was growing up, or barbells. I haven't started lifting weights because I don't want to add muscle now because that I don't need to do that now. I will start uh, what you call toning up later on down the line when I drop at least about 10 or 15 more pounds and I'm going to start doing a little repetitions, maybe 10, 15 repetitions of my barbells, nothing real heavy. So that's what's going on with me now. I'm still doing well. I still have not eaten any carbs. I'm not going, I don't plan on eating any carbs. I'm going to try to at least do this between four to six months. No carbohydrates and go for that because my, my uh, first goal is to get to 200 pounds. I'm 241 now, so that means I got 41 more pounds to go. Lord's willing, I get to 200, then I will decide after the 200, I will at least try to go to at least 190 from there or 180. But that's my long-term goal of weight loss. In other words, minimum $200. I'm $200. <laughs> the minimum weight loss is 200 pounds. The maximum between 190 and 180, Lord's willing. So that's what I'm, that's my journey, long-term. Short-term goal, long-term goal. Also, the, another announcement I want to make is I will be doing uh, another series after this series, Spiritual Obesity. I will be looking more into not as long on the vaccines. And I will uh, be letting you hear a lot of audio and videotapes on, you know, the breakdowns, what I like to call the other sides of the PJ Vax or the other side of the vaccines that many people don't know nothing about because a lot of things are coming out now. You know, the sickness of the people, uh, the, the youngsters dying left and right and the young children, you know, still births and stuff like that. So, they cannot get away with this too long or what's going on. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to talk about that the other side and expose a lot of what's going on if you have not heard it before. And I know most of you have not because why the mainstream media is not going to get into that. They don't talk about that because they sold out. They are controlled by Big Pharma, just like the FDA, the CDC, the NIH. All those are uh, controlled by Big Pharma. I have data and I have all kind of information 
on that and everything like that. So that's why you don't hear a lot from this stuff. But if a lot of this stuff is hitting close to home, people have a cardiac arrest is on us. It's quadrupled since the rollout of the PJVX. It has quadrupled. Now, that's not a coincidence for me. People don't want to talk about it, but it's not a coincidence. But anyway, I'm going to get into that. Uh, It's going to be my expose and everything like that. So I might get in hot water. I don't expect it to go on YouTube, but it just might, you know. But I'm going to get it out there and I'm going to talk about that, uh, about the PJ Vax, the other side of the PJ Vax. Most people don't hear nothing about it. You always hear safe and effective when it comes to the vaccines. But what I'm going to deal with is not only the COVID-19 vaccines, but all vaccines in general. And you're going to understand why. Me, myself, I'm not talking about you. You make your own decision. But you're going to understand why I am anti-vax. I'm against all vaccines. And I'm going to give you some history of it and everything like that. I have books on it and everything that I have not even read. But I don't even need to read those books. The information that I got now, I don't need to read the whole books. But I can use these books are handy for reference and things like that. So it's a lot of information. I'm already convinced that all vaccines need to be banned. That's my take. But I'm not, I'm going to get into that later, later on down the line. You know why I am so anti-vax even more now. You know, okay, all right. I forgot what else I wanted to talk about. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday there's only one road into key west but you won't believe where it can take you travel back in time to a city rich with history discover amazing artists and musicians taste seafood fresh off the boat or just kick back and soak up the island vibe for more about key west visit flakeys.com key west close to perfect far from normal I wanted to uh, mention this. Yes, yes. Movies. Okay. Let's get into uh, my movie reviews. Uh, It's a movie that I recommend uh, to see if you have not already seen it. And I think it's a good movie starring uh, Viggo Mortensen. You know, the guy played in Lord of the Rings and, of course, other movies. But he played the king of Lord of the Rings, Viggo Mortensen. Good actor. And it came out about what? 2018, something like that, called The Green Book. You've probably seen it before, but I recommend that if you already seen it, it's okay. I'm talking about the ones that never seen it. It's called The Green Book. That's a movie I recommend. This is my personal movie review. And I seen it several times because I love the storyline, and it's a true story. It's based on a true story. These two characters, black and white character. You know, it's called The Green Book, starring Viggo Mortensen. You know, The Green Book. Very good movie. Other movies I talked about, the last, uh, last movie reviews, Oppenheimer, and, of course, uh, Sound of Freedom. But because there's not too much out there that I, I want to see anyway, you know. So uh, that even though that's an older movie, came out around 2018, I recommend checking out the, the, uh, the Green Book on my movie review. And I don't make a lot of uh, recommendations and everything like that because I haven't seen the last the last few Christian movies. I don't know, I just haven't had a desire to go watch those movies. Because a lot of times those movies are not real really well made and stuff like that. But uh to be fair is it got to the point now when a Christian movie is made, now this is me, because what I know what the Bible says now and I rightly divide the word of God now and a lot of traditional beliefs I have threw out and I have dumped off me, it's hard for me to look at a movie or even go to a regular church now and get through bad doctrine and false doctrine or traditional doctrine. So it's hard for me to try to stomach uh, even a, a movie about Christianity when the doctrine is so off. And 
That's the way I look at that. I can't watch any Christian movie now because it's called a Christian movie or it's called a gospel movie, you know. But at the same time, you know, I'm not talking about you guys. I'm talking about me. Because since I have learned dispensationally and how to rightly divide God's word, I, and I'm not saying this as a bragger or being uh, bodacious or bodacious or anything like that. I'm saying it like this because once you understand how to rightly divide God's word and you take off a lot of traditional ways of belief and familiarity about belief and doctrines, I can't stomach anymore. I don't want no more of that within my spirit. I don't want to go that route. Now, I'm not saying these men and women are not saved. You know, I question some of the salvation message quite a bit because once you learn how to rightly divide God's word, you just will not swallow any type of doctrine anymore, even in a movie. But at the same time, I don't want to be so over analytical or so over critical. So I will recommend if you want to see a Christian movie, go check out those movies, you know, like the uh, the Calvary Chapel. Uh, I forgot his name. Chuck Smith movie played by uh, Kelsey Graham and stuff like that. And I just never had a desire to go see that movie. I'm not going to I'm not going to say I never would, but I just don't have a desire to go see that because I know doctrinal. It don't line up with the word of God. That's just me. I'm not saying everything, but that's just me. I'm not trying to dissuade you to not go see the movie. But I'm just saying, I don't. I ha, it's not a movie out there that's called a gospel movie that I can recommend because of the traditional doctrine that's in the movie. You know, because what I teach and what I minister, there's not going to be a movie made about. You know, mostly the teachings of Paul. Now, it's just like the Jesus movie. And I, I have some favorites. The greatest story ever told, and Jesus is Nazareth. But I like it for entertainment and. Uh, uh, entertainment and production and scenery and the powerful acting. It might not be uh, biblical verse by verse spoken, but it's a good movie in a sense, but I would not tell nobody to take it as God's speed or take it as the Bible like I did in the past. You understand what I'm saying? Because what I know, what the Bible is saying and know about how to rightly divide now, I look at even Bible movies differently. But at the same time, I will still watch them. But I will always let you know, okay, this was not in the Bible. It's a lot of at living and it's a lot of Hollywood. You have to understand that. So, And they don't make uh, big epic movies like they used to. Okay? So... That's why I don't have a uh, me myself. You might have one. Let me know. You know, leave a comment. But I don't know any movies that I would recommend, uh, even entertainment wise, because a lot of them is not well made because they don't they don't have Hollywood's money. I can understand that. And we need men and women of God. They need that help of getting these movies out there. But I'm a doctrine person now, and the church is so traditionally uh, caught up in the kingdom message, the old gospel of the kingdom, most of the 238 belief, uh, that's not a message I would recommend to somebody to go see a movie because it's not the gospel for the day. It's the wrong gospel. That might sound picky, but the word, the, God's word is serious. You cannot use his word because it makes you feel good and people shedding tears. You have to get God's word. You have to teach God's word uh, literally and what's for you today. You can't look at a movie because somebody claimed to be healed or some miraculous movie or this little kid went to heaven and stuff like that. I don't recommend those movies to believers. I don't because it's false doctrine. I would not do that. People might not like me for that, but in the past I would have because I was into that then. But when I learned how to what God's word is really saying and who it, and and through the teachings of Paul, you know, I understand right doctrine now and uh, sound doctrine now and different things like that when it comes to science and wonders and miracles and different type of movies and stuff like that. But I don't I don't knock nobody's experience if they feel that it's God that's on between them and God. And I'm not into that. But I'm just going to always keep it in a biblical perspective according to that. Now, talking about science and wonders and miracles, that's what I'm going to talk about that today in my series in spiritual obesity. Like I like to tell everyone, if you are new, 
and you don't understand what I mean about spiritual obesity, it's almost the same as physical obesity. The only difference is when you eat bad food and a lot of bad carbs or too many carbs, you gain over, you get overweight, especially in America. You know, that, you know, obese is a person eating bad or whatever like that. And besides other things, it's mainly the food thing that they become obese, traditionally obese. This is spiritual obesity. It has nothing to do with physical weight gain. It has to do with spiritual weight gain. The weight gain is not the carbohydrates like the physical. The weight gain is false, wrong doctrine and traditions that a lot of people in the body of Christ, not churchgoers, but in the body of Christ, carry so much weight of bad doctrine and traditional denominational teaching. That's what I mean about spiritual obesity for the ones who understand what I'm talking about. Go through the series. I think it started at uh, 373 all the way up to, what, 380? I think I've done seven shows, but I'm, I'm going to break all that down when I get through, and I'm going to send the series out when I get through as a series. In other words, because I'm not set up that way to do that. I'm not, you know, I'm not that techie to do that, but I will let you know which uh, show to start up first and then which one to end, the conclusion. So this might go about 10, but it's coming to a conclusion as well as my physical obesity series, which had 10 programs. Okay. Without, if, so if you want to hear the beginning, go back to, Started from 373, I believe, and go up from there because that's how my uh, my podcast go from there until I learn how to do that, you know. So I advise you to start from the beginning, the introduction of spiritual obesity, okay? Check it all out and go from there, all right? Because I get into traditions and the start of the church and all kind of stuff, all right? What I'm going to talk about today, and I'm going to do this probably 25 and 30 minutes, maybe longer, Uh Signs, wonders, signs and wonders in the church. Signs and wonders in the church. Now, in my previous podcast, I talked about the New Testament and the New uh, Old Testament, New uh, Old Covenant and the New Covenant. Excuse me. That's the last show that I have done. Please check that out along with the other ones. I'd rather you look at the whole series. But if you just want to pick out one from 3373, that's the last one I've done about the New Testament and the Old Testament. You know, really check that out. But what I'm going to talk about today and uh, signs and wonders. All right. And then going into the conclusion, I'm going to Lord's will end the series on forgiveness. And you don't want to miss this about uh, forgiveness. Is everybody where is everybody in the world been forgiven? Does the Bible teach that everybody in the world is forgiven, forgiven of their sins? Okay, that's going to be my conclusion. Then I'm going to put it all in one in the conclusion of spiritual obesity. And then I will send them out, you know, to whoever, whoever is interested. And I'll put it out there. Okay. If nobody's interested, I still keep it in my library because it's I still learn from it myself. If nobody else wants to, that's on you all, but I'm still learning from it myself. So it ain't like I'm going to be that disappointed. Uh, it'd be a downward, uh, 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 a down, it'd be bad for you more than it will for me because it's a lot of truth of what I'm talking about. You know, it's a lot of truth and I'm trying to put scriptures with it as well. Okay. Now. What I want to get into now, this is not exhaustive. This is not everything, but I want I want you to, first of all, if you got a, your Bible and a pen or a pencil or a notebook, because I would be hitting a lot of verses and scriptures. Now, some of them I may be reading and some of them I won't. I will just give you the scriptures. OK, so that's very important. And I will let you know which ones that I'm going to read because of the time constraints. And I might this had, this might have to be broken down because I gave some long announcements in two sections when it comes to science and wonders. So just remember that. Now, the question for the church today, and all this has to do with spiritual obesity, 
This is also one of the issues when it comes to traditional beliefs in the church. Signs, wonders, miracles, healings, and stuff like that. Even prosperity, but I'm not going to get into that. You know about that. Signs, wonders, miracles, and healings. The big question still today, I believe, in the church is, is God still doing signs, wonders, and miracles today? Let me get my Bible. Hold up. Is God still doing uh, signs, wonders, and miracles today? Remember, have your uh, notebook ready. Uh, and have your Bible, number one, have your Bible ready because I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to be hitting a few verses and scriptures and stuff like that because this is very important. Now, when I left out on uh, the differences between the Old Testament, Old Covenant, the New Testament, New Covenant, I broke that down on my last podcast. You have to go back and check that out, the differences between that. And then I left in the conclusion, the conclusion because the question even still today, many churches believe that they are the New Testament church. Predominantly, uh, Protestant churches believe, including the Catholic church, which is not Protestant, that they are the New Testament church. So if you go back to my last podcast, you will understand that the Protestant churches, the denominations and the church today, that calls themselves a church, is not the New Testament church. Also, we are not replacement Israel. The church as the body of Christ, not the four corners, the four walls of a church building, but the church, the body of Christ is not Israel. Okay. I'm also going to talk about the bride of Christ as well for a bonus. Okay. The bride of Christ. Who's the bride of Christ? All right. It's not Israel. Okay. I'm, I'm wondering, I mean, it's not the body of Christ. And uh, I, the conclusion came, I, I was to differentiate the three differences between the Old Testament, the New Testament, and the body of Christ, which is the dispensation of grace, which is what we're under today. The dispensation of grace has been over 2,000 years. We've been over the dispensation of grace, which is the gospel today, the gospel of salvation, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and 4, under the teachings of the Apostle Paul. The apostle, our apostle for today, mainly Gentiles, is the Apostle Paul. You know, whether you like that or not, but this is Bible, okay? So I broke down the difference between the Old Testament, covenant, New Testament, covenant, and the body of Christ, okay? The differences. Please go back and check that out and write those verses and scriptures down, you know, so you won't be coming at me. You have to go to God because it's biblical uh, truth, in those teachings. And the conclusion, of course, the Old Testament and the New Testament is for Israel. It's not the church. So the church, the body of Christ today is not the New Testament church, just as much the body of Christ is not the bride of Christ, which I haven't taught on, but I'm going to get into that as well. You know, for thick skin only, they really want to know what God's word is saying. This is for thick skin people only that can just look at things objectively. And I know that's hard. Because it used to be hard for me to understand a lot of things we believed or we was taught traditionally or programmed. The Old Testament, the New Testament, many people, we would traditionally believe the Old Testament started in Genesis because of most Bibles, especially the King James, you open it up and it say the Old Testament. Then what's after that? Genesis. Then we was uh, programmed to believe that Matthew, Malachi was the last book of the Old Testament and then the New Testament started in Matthew. Many grace teachers and still some, most believers still believe that, that we are the New Testament church. Some people, some, some believers and church goers just more extreme than others in their belief, but they are wrong, you know, okay? And so the Old Testament is Israel, and the future fulfillment of the New Testament is also Israel through the millennial kingdom and a right Christ being as their king and their promised Messiah, you know, after the seven year tribulation, which is predominantly for the chastisement of Israel, along with other Gentiles, individuals that was left there. OK, in the seven year tribulation period. 
So if you listen to my last program, you should understand now that the body of Christ, the church today, we're not the New Testament church. And another thing, we're not the kingdom church. We're not kingdom builders. See, we're not the Acts 238 church. I also explained that I broke that down. We're the first Corinthians 15, one and four church under the teachings of our apostle, the apostle Paul. Okay, so I didn't get into that much, and I'm going to talk about uh, the ministry of Paul's uh, ministry a little later on, the church that we are under today, which is the body. The bride of Christ and the body of Christ cannot be the same. Why will Christ marry his own body? He's the head of the body. He cannot be marrying his own body. So that's kind of ooky right there, just thinking about that. You know, you can't even use that metaphorically. The, Christ cannot marry his own body. He can't be the head of his body and his body is also the bride. You understand what I'm saying that, you know, but that's going to take another teaching. So, and it's a lot of misconceptions and traditions we was taught. And a lot of that teaching came out of the, believe it or not, the Catholic church. A lot of that teaching came out of Catholicism, the Catholic church from what I heard. A lot of the teaching came out of the Catholic church, even the name Trinity. Did you know that even the name Trinity now, Trinity uh, basically means the God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Trinity, the word Trinity is not in the Bible nowhere. That was made up also by the Catholics. But the concept, the concept is real. There are three persons, God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. The, the term that's closer to that, that's in the Bible, is called the Godhead. The Godhead usually is closer that you will get into the Trinity, you know, and uh, or another way of using it. Some people might use triune, mean three, three and one. So anyway, I'm not going to get into that. But the word Trinity is not in the Bible, just like the word rapture is not in the Bible. That also came from the Catholic Church. Rapture is the Greek word mean raptuba, I believe, mean the catching away. You know, that's more close to source in the Bible, not the rapture. The term rapture and trib, uh, 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 trinity is not in the Bible, okay? So, traditionally, we was brought up in believing that we was taught that. Okay, now, uh, signs, wonders, and miracles. Is God doing that today? And I think a very important question that men you should be asking and many believers should be asking is why did God do signs and wonders and miracles from the first place? The first place. That's the first question. Why did God do signs, miracles and wonders in the first place? We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday we made usaa insurance for veterans like james when he found out how much usaa was helping members save he said it's time to switch we'll help you find the right coverage at the right price usaa what you're made of we're made for restrictions apply see when did god really start doing signs wonders and miracles most of the church don't know that when did God start doing, performing signs, wonders, and miracles? Okay, that's the first question. The second question is, who was he doing the signs, wonders, and miracles for? Not two, but for. What group of people was he doing the signs, wonders, and miracles for? That's the second question. The why did he start doing it? And what people, who was he 
doing these acts for. See, the people. Those are two very important questions when you get into uh, the topic of signs, wonders, and miracles. And once we understand that, we can get a lot, a lot of uh, get a lot of that traditional belief out of us. We will understand what's for us, us as Gentiles, as the body of Christ today, under the dispensation of grace, compared to the kingdom program and the Mosaic law stuff like that. See, and why did Jesus come the first time and was doing healings and miracles and raising the dead and stuff like that? See. Uh, the first thing we got to understand, this is going to take more than one ser- one and one shot, signs of wonders. And let me talk you through this. The first reason we must understand is the why and who was the people. Once you get those two out the way and you read it in the word of God, literally, you know, and I'm going to read a few scriptures and just read them and you go from there. You were, uh, know what people was these signs and wonders were performed for and through. That's very important. Who were the signs and wonders performed on and through? Not so much on, but through. What group of people, what ethnicity of people was it performed through? Okay. And you look at, there was, there's only two groups of people in the Bible. Israel and Gentiles. Israel and Gentiles. Israel is a nation of itself. Birth of a nation. It's a birth nation. The nation of Israel. Okay? Peculiar people. They are a nation within themselves. Okay? Israel. Every other nation or country are Gentile nations. The rest of the world is Gentiles. So you need to understand that. The rest of the world is called Gentiles, including you and I, or whoever, not whatever nationality you're from. If you're not a Jew, you are what? A Gentile. So every other person in the world, nation, is considered a Gentile. Okay? Very important. Now, was God doing signs, wonders, and miracles for Jews and Gentiles, or was he only doing it for one group? And then if he was doing it for one group of people, what group or ethnicity of or, or what you might want to call. See, the Bible just looked at it as one race. You don't look at it like we looked at it. It's only one race with different ethnicities. That's the best way to look at the Bible. One race. Not different races like we look at it here, especially in America. One race with different type of ethnicities. So, you only have two groups of people. Jews and the rest of the world, which are called Gentiles. When God was doing signs, wonders, and miracles, what people he was doing it for? Not so much to win, that's very important, but why? See, there's a, that's very important why, okay? Now, I'm going to read a few verses, you know, and I won't. The first one, let's go to, uh, these are not in exact order, so I want you to understand that, but... It will give you an idea. I'm trying to get you an idea. We're going to talk to what people. Okay. The Bible does not lie. It's very specific. If you read the word of God, literally. It will give you the answer to these questions. That's very, that's why it's so very important to learn how to rightly divide the word of God. Very important. Let's go, if you have your Bible, let's go to Deuteronomy 26 and 8. All right. And it reads like this. And the Lord brought us forth out of Egypt with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm and with great terribleness and with what? Signs and with wonders. Let's read that again. And the Lord brought us forth out of Egypt with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm and with great terribleness and with signs and with wonders. Now, what did God do? He brought this group of people out. Now, if you know the book of Deuteronomy, 
Deuteronomy means it's just a repeat of the law because a lot of them was killed out with the serpents. A lot of the ones that was wandering and disobedient, God wiped them out. So yeah, he gave the law over and, and again, that's what Deuteronomy is just like saying repeat, saying a double, you know, a repeat of the law. Now, do I have to tell you or you already know the group of people through the through the following in the wilderness was who? Jews, Hebrews. Was the Jews, correct? No Gentiles. No Gentiles. And the, the biggest of the signs and wonders happened through the times of Moses. You got to understand that when they really start manifesting themselves, signs and wonders. Okay. I'm going to get into the why in a little later. Now, when you read the, a verse like this in Deuteronomy uh, 26 and 8, and the Lord brought forth out of Egypt. Now, remember, Egypt is a Gentile nation. Remember, I said any uh, country or nation that's not Jew is a Gentile. You know, okay, remember that. And the Lord brought us forth out of, out of Egypt with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm and with great terribleness and with signs and with wonders. Now, you should already know who is he talking to. Who did he do this for? Not to, because he done it to Egypt with the, the plagues and stuff like that. But who did he do it for? If you said the Jews, you are correct. Okay, you are correct. Let's let's go to another scripture. Let's go to Matthew, which some people call the New Testament, but it's not. It's still Old Testament. Okay, let's go to Matthew, uh, twelve and thirty-eight. All right, you got your Bibles, or just write them down, please. Write them down. Matthew twelve and thirty-eight. I can see right now I'm not going to be able to get through all this. I will have to continue, Lord, so willing, because it's worth it. Uh, bear with me. Matthew uh, 12 and 38. Matthew 12 and 38. Let's read again. Reading. Then certain of the scribes and of the Pharisees answered, saying, Master, we, we will see signs from thee, or will we see signs from thee but 39 reads like this but Jesus answered and said unto them an evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign and there shall not be no sign given to it but the sign of the prophet Jonas Jonas this is Matthew 12 and 38 now I want you to uh, put emphasis on 38 if you have your Bible then certain of the scribes and the Pharisees answered saying master when we, I'm, I'm going to put a paraphrase. The King James says, we would see a sign from thee. In other words, they're asking, when are we going to see a sign from thee? Remember the phrase in a verse in the Bible? The Jews seek after signs, but the Gentiles or the Greeks, Greeks or the Gentiles seek after wisdom. I'm getting to that. Why? This question was asked by the Pharisees. Why were they asking for a sign and a wonder? Okay, now, again, here in Matthew, who is the group of people? The Jews. See, it's very important to understand who is the group of people? The Jews. And this is under the kingdom program, under the old covenant, because Jesus was still alive. Remember, I talked about that in my last podcast, the Old Testament, okay? Matthew's still the Old Testament. They're still under the law. Then certain of the scribes and the Pharisees answered, saying, Master, will we see a sign for thee? Very important to understand that. Why? Why is they looking for a sign? Because the Jews, the only way, Jews lived in unbelief. Before getting, getting any further, let me explain this. Israel lived in unbelief. They was a very stiff-necked people, which the Bible talked about. And through the burning bush, when God was talking to Moses, God told him what he was going to do. Why? To prove to this Jews, this, this birth of a nation, this peculiar people, the Jews, the way to know that he's God, he's going to lead them, is going to be through, simply said, signs and wonders. For Israel, the Jews, not the Gentiles, for Israel, that's how they're going to know he's God. Signs and wonders. And ever since then, the signs and wonders was proven that God 
was God and, 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 he, and he was going to do what he said he'd do through signs and miracles because of the stubbornness and the unbelief of the Jews, signs and wonders. They even were still hard-headed with was the unbelief, even all those great miracles Moses done. Not only uh, the burning bush was a miracle itself, but you're talking about the most uh, popular one, uh, the departing of the Red Sea. Uh, the, the plagues he put down and the different things that God done was showing. He didn't just do it to be doing it. He done it to show them that he was God, that he was all powerful. So he had, he was showing and not so much proving it, but he was giving them a demonstration of his power that he, he, they must believe they could hang on what he's saying because of the Satan, certain signs and miracles that he's going to be doing through this nation that's called the Jews, the Hebrews. You got that part, okay? Let's go to another verse. Let's go to Matthew 16 and 1. A few pages over. Matthew 16 and 1. This is very important to understand. Matthew 16 and 1 reads, the Pharisees also with the Sadducees came and tempted, desired him that he would show them a what? Sign from heaven. And remember, I just explained. See, the Jews always looked for signs and wonders. That was a pedigree. They always looked for signs and wonders, the nation of Israel. I just explained why. See, I just explained why. Okay, let's read that again. Matthew 16 1. The Pharisees also with the saddle sheets. These are two different sects. The Pharisees believed in the resurrection of the dead and they believed in angels. The saddle sheets did not. That's the difference of these two religious sects when it comes to the Pharisees and saddle sheets. One believed in the angels and the resurrection of the dead, and the other ones did not, which is the saddle sheets, okay? Just, just for future references. Let's go to some more verses. Let's go to John, St. John 4 and 48. I think it's St. John. Yes, yeah, St. John 4 and 48. Okay, I hope you're getting something out of here, and I hope you're writing these verses down and study them yourselves. Okay, St. John 4 and 48. All right. And it reads, I am the, wait a minute, if I'm going to write one, St. John's 4 and 48. No, went too far. Sorry. Okay, let's do this again. All right, and it reads, Then said Jesus unto him, Except ye see signs and wonders, ye will not believe. Let's go to a verse before that. I like context. When he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him. Now, first, who's the he? Let's go to 46. So Jesus came again into Cana of Galilee, where he made the water wine. Another miracle. To who? The Jews. Remember? It was always to the Jews. When he turned the water and wine, that was Jews, Okay. And there was a certain nobleman, a very, uh, I guess, a well-respected man with a lot of rank, whose son was sick at Capernaum. Remember, these are all Jews. 47, when he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea and to Galilee, he went unto him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. And this is Jesus' answer, the, the power verse I want you to look at. Then Jesus said unto him, except ye see signs and wonders, ye will not believe. You see that? Why did Jesus say that? Jews' belief was based on signs and wonders. They always, or I would say often, look for signs and wonders. See, and that's what Jesus came the first time on earth. He was performing signs and wonders. It was also predicted in the book of Isaiah that did one of the signs that prove that Jesus was their king, he will come doing what? The same thing. Signs and wonders and miracles. Not because he wanted to just heal everybody. He done that to prove that he was their promised Messiah. 
Now, it's another thing you must understand why he done this. He also was showing them how the kingdom of heaven was going to be because there would not be no sick. There would not be no lame. There would not be no blind in the millennium kingdom, the thousand year millennium kingdom. So that's a second fold why Jesus was doing that. See, so Israel is known of signs and wonders. Okay, very important to know that. All right, let's hit a few more. Let's go to, back to Deuteronomy 28 and 1. I told you it'd be quite a few scriptures. Deuteronomy 28 and 1. Let's go back now. Get those Bible style. I want to hit, a, I hit a paper turn. <laughs> Deuteronomy 28 and 1. I'm going to do a few more, then I'm going to close up, and then I'm going to continue Lord's Willing in the next program. Because this all got to do with spiritual obesity. All right. Uh, Deuteronomy 28 and 1. And it reads, And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt listen, hearken. King James says hearken, but it means listen. That's what hearken means, listen. And it shall come to pass, uh, Deuteronomy 28 and 1. And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken or listen diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee, this day, and the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt listen unto the voice of thy God. Then he goes on to say, Blessed shall thou be in the city, blessed shall thou be in the field, blessed shall thou be in the fruit of thy body, and of the fruit of the ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Verse 6, Blessed shall thou be when thou comes in, and blessed shall thou be when thou goest out. You see this. Who is the group of people. Remember, Deuteronomy, who was under the law? Israel, no Gentiles. So who was these blessings for? If they obeyed. See, if. See, and it shall come to pass, if thou shalt listen, these things shall happen. Majority of the time, Israel disobeyed. That's why they wind up in the... Uh, the uh the chastisements even the tribulation period now because of their disobedience. But now you might not say there's signs and uh, uh wonders and miracles, but in a way it is because all this stuff was miraculous. Now what he's talking about right here, did it come to fulfillment yet? No, that's for the future kingdom. They shall have all these things under the new covenant, the new testament, which will be the millennium reign of Christ. Israel. See? See, Israel, okay? Let's go to Isaiah 60, 1 and 3. Isaiah 60, 1 and 3. Let's see. Ooh, I used to be fast at this. Isaiah 60. I'm getting back at that. Uh, thank you, thank you. Isaiah 60, 1 and 3. Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and the king of the brightness of thy rise. And now what this is talking about is also the millennium kingdom, the new covenant, the new testament. But all these blessings will be upon who? What group? Context is very important. Israel. See? Israel. Now, who will be coming to Israel? Verse 3 says in Isaiah 63, And the Gentiles shall come to thy light and kings to the brightness of thy rising. Lift up thy eyes round about and see all they gather themselves together. They shall come to thee, thy sons shall come, blah, 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 and blah, 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 blah. In other words, these are Israel. See? These are Israel. This is very important. There's many, many other scriptures that's, uh, that I'm going to give you in the next uh, program. Because I got to really continue on this. So I'm going to stop right there because I don't want to keep there as long as I kept the other ones. But you get the picture. You get the idea. Signs and wonders and future 
miraculous blessings is for We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Israel. See, you know the beginning of the signs and wonders. The Bitmans. Through the Mosaic law. Through Moses. He done many signs and wonders. He even, remember the, uh, God led Israel with a cloud through the day and fire by night. Remember all the manna God poured down for Israel. That's a wonder. That's a sign right there. Remember the quail he poured down. That's a signs and wonder. And what group of people? Israel. Israel is the signs and wonders group. Not the Gentiles. Not the body of Christ. Israel was the sign and group. That's why when you read your Bible, when you read your Bible and you read it literally and you do a study on signs and wonders, if you're doing it objectively, you will know it was done through Israel. It was only a couple of times in uh, the Gospels when Jesus uh, healed or done some miracles to a couple of Gentiles, the Roman centurion and the lady, the Canaanite woman from uh, Matthew 15 and 24. Those two, those were exceptions because of their faith. They understood the program because of their faith. So those are only ones that uh, Jesus started doing those signs and wonders through. Okay, you understand that? Signs and wonders. All right. Now, when you look at the book of Matthew, so the majority, 98 or 99% of the people that was healed, signs and wonders were Jews, except the exceptions of the Roman centurion and the Canaanite woman, Matthew 15, 24, okay, were healed. Signs and wonders. Okay, St. Joe, what about the book of Acts? Okay, let's talk about the book of Acts. And I'm getting to some more scriptures in the next show, you know. And you go to the book of Acts. I know I'm getting ahead of myself. And there were still signs and wonders going through who? Israel. Now, you have to go all the way back to like the uh, Matthew 16 and 16 and different things like that where Jesus told them when they go out to the world. But who was the first group they had to go out to? What people? Israel, Jerusalem, Judea, Judah, and then often, and then into the uttermost parts of the world. And he says, these signs shall follow. Matter of fact, let's go to um, Mark 16 and 16, and I'm going to start right there. I hope y'all getting something out of this. Let's go to Mark 16 and 16. And you already know where I'm going now. Let's go to Mark 16 and 16. All right. Let the Bible speak for itself. We will learn a lot. Matthew 16 and 16. All right, let's start at uh, 16. Matthew 16 and 16 reads like this. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Now, first of all, I want to start right there. When, when Jesus says, okay, let's start with 15. Uh, context is very important. We're going to read all the way down. Uh, and he said unto them, who is them? The disciples. Remember the 12. Go ye into all the world. Now the world is what? The world, Gentiles. But they never made it that far. And preach the gospel to every creature. You have to understand what gospel? The gospel of the kingdom of heaven. The Acts 2.38 gospel. Okay, the gospel of the kingdom was the gospel then, not the gospel of the grace of God. Acts 20 and 24, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and 4 for salvation. The gospel then was the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. Very important to know. So when Jesus said, go ye, he's talking to the 12. This is context. And they all are what? Jews. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel, which is the gospel of the kingdom to every creature. And many churches don't know. Uh, they know. But. The the uh the main uh the the original format 
was for the Jews to go out to the whole world, starting with their people first, because they had to get themselves cleansed. They will have, then they will be able to go out to the world and preach what gospel, the kingdom gospel. If they would have, uh, the nations and the leaders, especially not just a little flock, but the nations of the leader, if they would have believed God and accepted Jesus as their Messiah, I'm talking about the leaders and the rest, most of Israel, they would have made it out into the world. The tribulation period, Jesus would have still uh, been sacrificed according to Psalms because he had to die first. Then they would have went through the tribulation period still and Jesus would have came back and set up his millennium kingdom. If Israel would have believed and accepted Jesus as their promised Messiah and King, but we all know they did not. See, and that's another teaching in itself. That's why you got that little gap when it comes to the church, the body of Christ, but that's a different teaching. So, when Jesus was talking to the twelve, he told them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. 16. He that believeth, listen closely, and is baptized. Now, baptize what? Remember, baptize in water. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. 17. Here's the signs and wonders. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up service, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Let's read that again. And these signs, verse 17, shall follow them that believe in my name. Now, he didn't say in his death, burial, resurrection, did he? No, he said in my name. Because remember, the gospel of the kingdom, had to, you had to believe who Jesus was. It had to be in Jesus' name, believing who he was, not what he done because he didn't die yet. See, he didn't die yet. This is the one side of the cross. This is not the finished cross. Very important to understand. I got this teach from Trey Searcy. You have two sides of the cross. When Jesus died on the cross, see, Peter and them didn't even comprehend that because it was hidden from them. They didn't even know about that. They just knew he died on the cross. But the explanation and the finished work of the cross was only revealed to the Apostle Paul. The finished work of the cross was never revealed to the twelve or any other disciples. The finished work of the cross was only revealed to the Apostle Paul. That's why their teachings are so different. They was blinded to the finished work. The twelve, Peter and all of them. Only the Apostle Paul knew about the finished work of Christ. That's where his twelve epistles, which is letters, come from. That's the mystery. That's the hidden, the finished work of Christ. Which I'm going to get into forgiveness and all that. See, we was never taught. We just, we said Jesus died, he's buried, and he rose again. We read a lot of Paul's books in the past, and myself as well. I never understood the significance or the meaning of the mystery or the hidden message, especially it depends on your translation because your translation, I'm sure it doesn't say mystery, probably says secret, but like a lot of people and most believers, they read right over that. The most important thing is that mystery, it's that secret. That's the finished work of Christ, which was only explained to the Apostle Paul. You understand what I'm saying? So that's, that's two sides of the cross. When he died on the cross and when he was resurrected, then his finished work, when he came down and met Paul in the clouds, that was the finished work of Christ was explained to the world through the Apostle Paul. So let me keep going. And these signs shall follow them. First of all, he that believeth and baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. 17, and these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Shall they cast out devils? They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and they shall drink and any deadly thing. It shall not hurt them, and they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. See, all of this is under the kingdom program. See, if they went out to the world, you might say, well, Joe, that's, that's the world is a Gentile. Of course, but remember, the Gentiles are supposed to get saved through the kingdom program. See, 
And if they got, if the Jews made it that far, yes, they would have. But it's all, what I want you to understand, it was all under the kingdom program, but it never went that far. Signs and wonders was basically in the kingdom program. You might say, well, didn't Paul and stuff do that? I'm going to talk about that on the next show, okay? When the transition started with the Apostle Paul. It might not be the next show, but I'm going to get to some more scriptures, uh, to uh, give you a picture about signs and wonders. Is signs and wonders for today? Then I'm gonna break it down and explain to you: Is it for today or not? You know, in the next show. Okay. I hope you got something out of it. This is Joseph Brownlee, Body of Christ, Real Talk. Joseph Brownlee, Body of Christ, Real Talk. Until next time, I want you to listen to this very carefully and closely. Very carefully. Listen, you do not have to be saved first to be forgiven. You have already been forgiven. Now you can, not that you will, but you can. You have an opportunity to be saved. And I'm going to break down a lot of that when it comes to forgiveness, man. This is going to be very powerful, but truthful. This is sound doctrine I'm teaching you all now. This is sound doctrine. Signs, wonders, and miracles. Our God is God doing those for the church today. Many people think he is. I say he's not. And I'm going to prove why. Until next time, God bless you all. Love you all. Peace out. Bye-bye. Bless our baby. know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions and it's because that occasional shave really hurts it's the time of year for big occasions and yet there he is suffering with that cheap drugstore razor let's help him out henson shavings line of razors built with aerospace precision deliver a smooth shave your dad brother and even son can enjoy eventually with replacement blades just 10 cents each you'll buy it once and they'll use it for life how's that for the perfect gift Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday.